Welcome to the IEEE Big Data Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. Big data is like social media, in the sense that it permeates all industries and has the ability to communicate with customers, reaches beyond the everyday marketing opportunities, and unites employees under one mission and vision. Big data opens doors. Big data reveals undiscovered truths. Big data helps make informed decisions. On the podcast discussing these concepts is Dr. David Bellinger, chair of the IEEE Big Data Initiative and member of the steering committee of the New Jersey Big Data Alliance. He is also senior research fellow at Stevens Institute of Technology. Joining Dr. Bellinger on the podcast is Kathy Grace, Senior Program Director for IEEE Future Directions and Program Director for the IEEE Big Data Initiative. As our 13th episode of the IEEE Big Data Podcast, this is part one of a two-part series. Both Dr. Bellinger and Ms. Grace offer their perspectives on the why behind big data and how that influences where it is today. And as you'll hear in this unique podcast, both industry experts offer perspectives that can help businesses steer their big data priorities into new and profitable directions. One of the big challenges is moving big data from companies who have very large scientific and programming resources to a much wider uh, selection of companies. And the open source uh, movement in big data has has gone a long ways in that, so that we're seeing many more companies uh, getting into big data. That uh, implies that there's a much bigger need for people who can actually do it accurately, can do both the data science and the engineering to make uh, big data systems come into existence and be valuable. Another perspective, too, in terms of a challenge to business is getting the right skill mix of people. The, it's a whole new generation that's being developed uh, to educate and to train and to hire people to match that uh, challenge. Data is siloed for a reason. It's to optimize the particular thing that it's been siloed for. But the uh, fact that it's siloed and is difficult to share across the silos horizontally is not good because there are huge opportunities in uh, going cross-silo through uh, corporate processes. And one of the terms that came up over and over again today was governance. And basically, governance is the uh, process of setting policy for how you're going to deal with data and then instituting the processes and practices that are going to make sure that that policy works. A simple example would be how long do you keep data of any given type? Uh, There are rules, laws, regulations, etc. in some cases. In other cases, it's simply a matter of, does that data's usefulness time out? We live in a society that's uh, much more dynamic than it used to be. Uh, The half-life of data value is probably much shorter than it, uh, it used to be. And so there's, in most cases, not a requirement that you keep data forever, uh, but that you have a model which tells you how valuable that asset is and and how long you should keep it and what the rules surrounding it are. But but it's a shame, though, in terms of how long does one keep data. 
if, if one goes back, data's always been around, but it's been stored on various forms because we started out with, with just um, um, just sticks and figures, and then we, we started putting it on paper, and then it was on audio tapes and, and uh, video, and, and now it's just proliferation of data itself. I, I guess there's some sentimental value behind that, right? And, and uh, I'm a history buff, and so one of the laments I have is if, if one thinks that it's irrelevant to, to keep data after a certain point of time, you kind of lose that uh, history. And what if someday one wants to go back and, and try to trace you know, historically? You, you've now lost that, that capability. A good example of that is uh, regulations that corporations often have on the amount of time you can keep email, which probably does have historical value because it, uh, it uh, explains what was uh, happening and what people were thinking at some given time. Right, right. <laughs> if you were to combine, well, what, one of the ways I think about uh, kind of uh, eras of, of big data is uh, the communications infrastructure that allows it to be moved around so that it can be used. And when we've seen dramatic changes in communications in the infrastructure, I guess you could go all the way back to the Pony Express, but more recently, uh, the internet and the web dramatically increased the uh, amount of data available for analysis. When we got to uh, 3 and 4G, it meant that people could uh, consume and uh, generate data almost 24 hours a day instead of only the time they were at their uh, uh, PC. And we're on the cusp of another one of these uh, dramatic jumps in the ability to generate and, uh, and move data in terms of the Internet of Things, in terms of software-defined networks, and uh, a whole quantum leap in how much data we can move around and how many actors we have to uh, both be a source and, and a sink of data. The big challenge will be how do we find applications for that data and that's where some tremendous invention and innovation is, is going to come to the fore, I think. And one of the things we see a lot in the press is uh, the role of machine learning and artificial intelligence, which is really just, both have been around for a long time, but both are uh, just taking huge leaps forward in terms of what they can do in a practical sense. I think a lot of it too is our infrastructure. That needs to really be improved significantly. It's not so much whether the infrastructure can be modified, improved to handle all this data and the movement of the data around, as Dave talked about. I think the infrastructure, in terms of its technology, needs to be invented, and it hasn't been invented yet, because I don't think we've reached those limits quite yet, but I have a feeling that we're, we're reaching sooner than later. Well, we, one of the things we see is that... Uh, Big data, uh, and actually many forms of data, 
uh, has a, a temporal aspect. So there are things about big data that we would like to know right away. In uh, some cases, for instance, uh, there are big data applications that can a attempt to predict an, a medical event within a certain fixed amount of time. So these can be thought of as, as real-time in terms of uh, uh, vehicles, etc. They can attempt to predict when maintenance is required, when a uh, catastrophic maintenance of impact might happen. So uh, these are things that uh, are probably going to be done as close as possible to the um, entity that's that's being measured because they need to be done pretty quickly. And then there are things that require huge amounts of data that will be done in, in the cloud. So what you see is this uh, discussion about various levels of communication in both distance and time between the cloud, which has frankly enabled a lot of companies who otherwise wouldn't be in big data to use large clusters of machines and to uh, rent them essentially when they need them, to what people are calling fog, which is a somewhat closer area and um, allows, for instance, vehicles who are close to each other or people who are close to each other to understand the uh, local environment to edge analytics, where the uh, idea is that you need answers really quickly you need only fairly local data and maybe some models from the cloud. The idea is that there's there's going to be uh, not so much a, a hierarchy as a uh, spectrum of different ways of thinking about the time, the size, and the characteristics of the data to get the kinds of results that you need. It's really not big data. Today's big data could be tomorrow's small data. It's, it's really data in itself. Thank you for listening to our interview with Dr. David Bellinger and Kathy Grice, which is part one of our two-part series. Discover more about the IEEE Big Data Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at bigdata.ieee.org.